the sound. I decided to do a wired this time because my wireless ones just don't sound that great. You sound fantastic. And you guys are both going at the same level, so that's always oh, a good. plus side for me. And, and I move back. Well, I'm on my phone. I moved back to the purple room from last week because the sound last week was mine was shit like that the, you're right the whole time i was talking about last action hero every other word was was cut out it, it was going it, i, it was I had valuable takes about last action hero that nobody got to hear well i did because it was very just it was very quiet and we do apologize to the listeners what happened to us we're back nate not nate and sam our oh, future right guest the of, the, of, of, of the month it feels like as long as she's working from home, Sam will be providing a little extra voice of uh, a parent, a minority, and I have construction going on outside my window. So, I, and a I, female. And yeah. a female, yes, always needed. Yeah, the tri- triple Sam's the triple threat: parent, minority, female. So, which explains why you know I have so many disadvantages in my life. But sure, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Coming... Well, despite the, despite the odds, I'm here today. And we appreciate That's you being all. here. I'll say that much <laughs> for the both of us. So Very much. Very much. So how's everyone's uh, weekend and the heat wave, Nate? We're finally in the 90s here, so we, are, we have joined uh, you. Welcome to, welcome, welcome. As we enjoy talking weather in Los Angeles. Well, you gotta, you know it's been a, you know it's a good podcast when you start weather right off the rip. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a dry it's, heat, though. So. Yeah, see, not so much here. Like, um, it, I was rain. It was. It's been raining all day, and I went out uh, and did my walk in the rain this morning, which was lovely. I actually very much enjoyed. I got to make sure I waterproof myself, you know, because phones and whatnot. Although I think the iPhones have been waterproof for quite some time. Not mine, but um, but anything. I think anything farther on from a seven has been waterproofed. Well, and I always, you know, even even though they claim to be waterproof, they have open ports and things. So you, I, I, I don't know how perfectly waterproof they can be. But, um, yeah, I walked. It was, it was raining. And then when I walked in, my mom was like, oh, is it humid outside? I'm like, well, it's raining. That's, I think that's probably 100% humidity when it's literally wet. So, yeah, it's been great here. <laughs> so any newsy bits anyone wants to talk about? Because... There's a few things. I have some, well, I have something I'd like to talk about, which I think is um, really on the forefront of everybody's minds right now, and I, I, it's kind of a serious issue. But it's um, it's the Looney Tunes reboot on HBO Max. I've heard about this. Um, yeah, have you heard oh, about we, this? Oh, we've Sam? been watching it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, has it already started? Oh, yeah. It's on HBO Max. Oh, okay. I, I'm not really familiar with when that all got started, but I've, I've the, the controversy has really rubbed me the wrong way with the... Uh, where if, uh, with the Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd controversy, where they no longer have guns. Yeah, I didn't even notice, to be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't know there was a controversy. Well, it's it's not a controversy. It's a hysterical controversy. That's why I wanted to start off with it because it's not really news. But yes, for anybody that has not yet seen the new Looney Tunes, and I, to be fair, I just learned that this reboot existed a few days ago. Um, the creators of the show decided. Um, I think it's kind of an. They decided they didn't want um, guns on the show, which is, seems like a bit of an overcorrection. You know, a lot of people think that violence in video games, violence in movies might cause violence in children and young adults. Uh, whether or not you believe that, I don't really believe that. But I sure as hell don't believe Looney Tunes violence begets violent, uh, a child violence. No, I'm not very violent and I watch that stuff. 
Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, is that it's comical. I mean, it's, yes, you can find we're splitting hairs with if you're talking about realistic versus comical violence. Pun but intended. Elmer Fudd, Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are, you cannot get more comical, like, yeah, so basically, so now the the producer said we're not going to have, either, I guess those are the only two characters in Looney Tunes that actually always carried guns. Oh, Sam, uh, I got, you know. Sam, I got a question. Uh, since you've sure. been watching this, is Speedy Gonzalez back? Oh. Um, I've been passively watching it, and I think he is, to be honest. We've only seen a couple episodes, but I believe he's there. Um, but don't quote me on that. Okay. I honestly just now <laughs> watch his stuff. It's awful. But the funny thing is, is he's a voice actor, and he's in it. He's a really famous voice actor, actually. He's like he does like the Hulk and a whole bunch of other stuff for animated series. Who was that? So again? you got cut out right um, when when you said the name. He, he, oh, she I didn't, didn't, she didn't, oh, say, I didn't say the name. Oh, okay. No, his name his name is is Fred Tattashore. He um, is a really famous voice actor, so he does a whole bunch of stuff. But Josh recognized him in the new Looney Tunes cartoon. He's like, that sounds like Fred, and he looked it up, and, and it was him. But um, I believe I saw Speedy Gonzalez. But to be honest, like I don't I don't really watch it with her. It's kind of well, just that, on in the background. Okay, that's the funny that's the funny thing. So like, um, and I'll get back to Elmer Fudd and Cindy Sam. But there are far more problematic characters. Speedy Gonzalez. Pepe Le Pew is a rapist. Like, so, or at the very least, he's uh, borderline sexual assault. Like, I don't think that character, that character has to be reformed a bit, I think. But um, that, I, that would be shocking if Speedy Gonzalez, if weren't at least, um, you know, altered in some way for the current world. Mm. Well, but, no, it, uh, but yeah, but what? I just, I just figured if they were going to bring him back and do it in a way that is less... The reason why he got banned. racist. Yes, <laughs> racist. That, that's, that's the best. Yeah. Um, well, the the great the so but the, getting back to Elmer and Yosemite Sam, they um, they didn't just not let them have. We- I mean, because Elmer Fudd is he's is, hunting uh, rabbits. For, if, for the for yeah, for people who don't remember from the childhood, Elmer Fudd is a hunter, and he specifically hunts rabbits, Bugs Bunny in particular. Uh, or he ducks. did hunt. Uh, he would hunt Daffy. Some, yeah. Daffy sometimes. Too. They would do a the duck and rabbit um, season joke between the two. Yeah, and he. And he had a comically large uh, double barrel shotgun, which seemed a little excessive for for hunting duck or rabbit, except that those are unusually large ducks and rabbits. But um, they are replacing his shotgun with a, he's now going to carry a Sith, like what the Grim Reaper carries, like at the blade with the staff. Like that's his, like literally they, that's his thing now. Now he's hunting a rabbit with a giant Sith, which seems terribly inefficient. Um, it doesn't, and then it doesn't somebody, make any what? sense. And it's makes no sense. He'd, he'd be much better off like running around with a net or a bayonet, uh, which I get is still a gun. But and then you had Yosemite Sam, who I don't recall what exactly his backstory was. He just was crazy. He was like he was a, a claim sort jumper. Of old... Was he? Yeah, or, yeah. He was like a yeah, like a a 49er. Yeah, he was like a, an old gold prospector slash cowboy who had the he had, you know he had like the six shooter guns. And I don't really remember his issue with Bugs Bunny, but he seemed to want to fire his gun at him a lot. Um, but now, and now, um, Yosemite Sam's weapon is now a, um, pretty much the same thing. It's a grass hook, which is a sickle, you know, like, a, you know, like a farming tool, which may, which I guess makes sense that a prospector would have some sort of farming tool, I suppose, but it makes no sense that, that a prospect, like he'd be running around with a sickle. It, it's just stupid. Why do they need weapons at all? Uh, they still um, have dynamite. They still have all well, that's the stuff. thing like, is that th- that's, that's the thing. They don't that need the, any of that stuff. 
the producers even said that they, they still have their whole um, catalog of Acme weaponry. That's not going away. Like the dynamite, the bombs, the, the anvil. missiles, all the crazy things that Wile E. Coyote would order out of the Acme catalog. Those are still there. Um, just not the guns. The gun is literally the only weapon they took out. Would it have been um, funny which... if they just gave them walkie-talkies? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I blame Spielberg for all of this. It's, it, he started this. Well, no. Actually, I take that back. George Lucas started this nonsense by going back and changing <sighs> things. Um, but Spielberg, especially with the, yeah, the uh, from E.T. changing the uh, FBI agent's guns to walkies, which made no sense. But, on, a, uh, on a random tangent, um, Josh worked on a Looney Tunes phonics game, Clicking Kids. They're a company that Josh used to work for, bought the rights to Looney Tunes. And the problem is, with most cartoons, those characters have speech impediments. I was like, just going to say, that's, like that, that seems... Like all ca- other cartoons. So it's like, it's really hard to teach ch- kids how to read and pronounce things when they don't have the like a normal voice. And, but teaching kids how to read based on like Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny and all those characters just to... Daffy Duck. Yeah, those are... Was not, yeah, not the best. I mean, even Mickey Mouse characters are all like awful as far as speech impediments. So they have like a little robot guide that guides each lesson i don't know what I, happened to the program um i, I imagine um it's defunct now or whatever but the thing is is that like they had to go out of their way to get a robot to teach the kids how to read but they do have like the little cartoon interstitials with them chasing after each other and doing the basic like acme stuff you know but i never noticed guns to be honest i well, honestly, i'm just i'm happy yeah because you know i, I wouldn't want cure I wouldn't want Kira running around with a giant, uh, you know, double-barreled shotgun that, that he know that that's it, it, they never he he never gets bugs with the shotgun. In fact, more often than not, what ends up happening is bugs like to pull you know turns the barrel around. So Elmer always gets blown up with it, which I whatever. It's just absurd. I don't know if there was a complaint or if the producers just really overcorrected on this. It's just crazy. That's eh, what it is. I mean, it's probably an overcorrection in the sense of what you're pointing out it's why don't they get rid of the dynamite if they're going to do that then it's just well it's harder for it's harder for people to get an uh, their hands on dynamite Listen, these days Hugh. and the, the those acme rockets are not and, and if you're able to find an anvil on amazon please let me know because i've been searching one for one for a while i think the shipping cost might be a little too much for you that would be weighty i would think yeah, yeah. that was the funny thing about it. like when when all this quarantine started people started ordering gyms and they're like oh the shipping because the weight, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not, maybe get some, like, the stretch bands to do the weight lifting. So, uh, the, the, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Oh, so, uh, if you want to go from, well, if we're in the TV realm, let's stick with the TV realm. I don't know if you heard about the Vanderpump cleaning a house. Yeah, it was the purge. There was a purge there. There was a purge yeah. in a lot of Hollywood. Well, it's it's now is the time when nothing is. I, I Sam, are you familiar with this? I don't know if you, um, if you watch. I Vanderpump. work for cable. I work for Cable Town, but I do not oh. watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know it's it, what's happening now. And uh, yeah, like the the purge is mostly because they're not shooting new things, so people are going back to watch old things. And um, specifically, people love to. The two, the four people were fired from Vanderpump Rules today. Um, I think it was today or it was yesterday. It just came out today. Two of them were today. like the OG stars. Yes. Uh, because not because they it had come to light that I mean they were always terrible people, 
uh, Stasi and Kristen. Kristen, yes, you are correct. Yeah, Doty um, and Schroeder. They were just always terrible, terrible people. Like they were, they were villain. You know, they were the heels. Yes. But it turns out, like, uh, the one, pretty much the one black cast member that's ever been on the show did a. She not. She was on the show in the past. I don't even remember what season. Uh, did a podcast this week talking about all the racist stuff the two women would do to her, and they were pretty bad, really bad. Yeah. Um, and so they got let go, and then the two guys, uh, Max and Max and uh, Brett else. Caproni, yes, Max and Brett, they were only on the show for a year, but they got fired today because people went back and found some super racist tweets. Both of them had. I think Max's were like from 2012, Brett's were from 2011, and it's like, I mean, the rule one, if you're going to be, well, in life in general, don't be racist, but but if you're going to be racist when you're it. younger, scrub that, yeah. We did, you have this, PR this, people, you have PR people, right? Like, this I don't keeps understand. happening, they have... this keeps happening, it's especially prevalent with, well, even some big stars, Kevin Hart, I mean, Kevin Hart's whole thing, where they found his tweets from 2012, where he was very homophobic, and he was famous in 2012. Uh, what, what was like? He, who was the, the director, uh, Gunn? James Gunn. Yeah, yeah James got... Gunn was another one who, who I mean, you know, his his tweet. James Gunn, uh, compared to other ones, um, James Gunn's were stupid and uh, they were just so absurd. And and I, like they weren't racist. They were more like he was making like child molesting jokes, and they were just so stupidly absurd. Like it, you, you wouldn't be like, oh my god, he was seriously making those. Whereas people like these two guys on Vanderpump Rules were seriously racist. There yeah. was no gray area, but that they were joking. Then you have Hartley uh, Sawyer. Also got, yeah, yeah. This keeps from the happening. Flash. And it, it, it so. had, yeah, yeah. He just got fired like two days ago. Well, I know that uh, you guys probably don't read Bon Appetit magazine, I, but I, oh, it's in my it. realm of the world because <laughs> I subscribe to it. And uh, he actually emails the, I guess the the people that read uh, a lot because I get emails from. I used to get him confused with the ice skater. So I'm like, why is an ice? Why? What's his name? Because um, his name is Adam Rappaport. What's the Really flamboyant oh, Adam, figure skater's name. Adam Greer. Appen Repon, something like that. Adam Repon. Yeah, very similar names. I know, but like when you're glancing on your phone, you're like, "Oh, I got an email," and I'm like, "Oh, it's not the ice skater. That's too bad." <laughs> well, um, why was but, he? Why was he? Did he resign or was he terminated? He resigned. I, I I think he resigned before they fired him because I guess. There was a lot of um, pictures. I think his wife posted it on Instagram a few years ago, which which sucks. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's it's him being like Puerto Rican and wearing like a Yankees jersey. Like I think it was like a Halloween costume or something. Oh, I, I saw a tweet about that. I was I didn't know yeah. what that was. I, yeah, they, I saw like some they what they were calling it a brown face scandal, and I didn't know I didn't know anything about it. And then there was yeah. a LA Galaxy player whose wife made some horrible comments. Yeah, and he was, she's Slovakian, Slovenian. Yeah, so they both he and his wife are. But yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy because usually you're given some leeway if it's your spouse or family member that does he it. He got because you you know contract terminated. So yeah, because of your wife. It's it's that's that's crazy. That's where it's, yeah. I'm, That's that whole like Bible rule about bad association, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, this happens. This stuff like this happens with athletes a lot. Like this, this soccer player is a different case because it was his wife. But but you, you have to think they have to have a similar kind of mentality. If you're going to marry this woman, you know her way of thinking. Yeah, so you kind of have to be okay with it. So. Eh. Yeah, and it's and it's and it, and it, it, it's, it's another thing with not even just the PR backlash of a team 
because it doesn't like it, it would if the if the galaxy had kept the player, it's not a bad PR. Like, what was his wife? But what it is is it's really bad in the locker room. Yes. Oh, if the ga- I don't know how many black players the galaxy have, but um, like they would all in the locker room would be like, just would you know be like, your wife is awful, and he'd be like, yeah, I know. You know that that's something that could totally destroy the locker room. Easily. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the Bonapatica apparently. I mean, I obviously see. I don't get a chance to like read read all the articles just because time and stuff. But a lot of it is more of like a systemic thing about like a lot of the people that work there were compl- have been complaining for years about how he doesn't um, either promote like uh, other cultures, cuisines, things like that. Because you know, really? obviously, Bon Appetit is a very like fine dining type of restaurant mm-hmm. magazine um and and the people that work there would always pitch i guess apparently would pitch uh new stuff to him that were very like ethnic and he would turn it down a lot so um and i, and I guess a lot of the people i guess the culture there wasn't that great so a lot of the the people of color that worked there didn't feel comfortable anyway so i think this was like the the straw that broke the camel's back i mean looking at the photo it's him in a, in a yankees jersey with a goatee i, mean, I don't think he even I think he just got a tan, maybe. Like, I don't think he actually put, like, brown face on, but he was very, like, appropriating his culture, I suppose. Uh, um, pretending to be a, you know. It's a risky call, and, and he, now, nowadays, how, like, Halloween's a past are going to come back and haunt a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, you can, but you, you can play Changing a... the color of your face in general is never good. I mean, maybe I could be a geisha, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's you, like they're naturally like they they actually paint their face white. Yeah, yeah. That's you're not you're not you're not care. You know, you can but you can have a, a costume of somebody who's of a different race without actually changing your skin tone. No, like, you can just kind of just go as yourself. It's pretty. I mean, it's yeah. It's it's you know, and it's everybody. It's it's Julianne Huff got caught up in it a few years ago, wasn't she? I think she Orange was is the new black. Halloween. Yeah, she did Orange is the New Black. I mean, Justin Trudeau had that. Oh, he had uh, a was couple. He, was, he a, was he Aladdin I think or something? So. From like, yeah, it's 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 just such a don't don't do that. Just don't listen. Do that. I can't I can't do whiteface because I'm tan. Just think about that really hard. <laughs> so I'm not about to put on whiteface every time I pretend to be somebody for Halloween. So, yeah. Just because you can make your face darker doesn't mean you should. <laughs> True. Well, and and this I mean this is obviously because it's very much in the social con the you know consciousness right now but like where people are going back and some of it's a little absurd like people are going back on on movie people are like trying to bring back controversies that were sort of controversies before but not really like there seems to be a whole new generation of like super woke people on twitter who seem to have come back around to um seeing uh, tropic thunder for the first time oh boy because now they're, they're now they're trying to make it a controversy luckily it, that was stopped real fast like there are these like there are people that evidently, I mean, Tropic Thunder is what ten years old, about that, something like that. Yeah, and it it was a brief controversy, and uh, arguably, and, and Robert Downey Jr. has said he probably would not do that now. No, but, but even you, but you can totally see the satire and parody that was. Even the movie people, references it, you know. That's yeah. That, that's why they have the Al Pacino character in it to call him out every single time. Um, the. Uh, but yeah, this, a few weeks ago, people tried to make it a new scandal. They tried to do, do cancel um, cancel Rod, uh, Robert Downey Jr. on on Twitter. They tried to get that trending, and Black Twitter wanted no part of it. Black Twitter was like, "Are you serious? This like m- m- more the people that were 
responding to the controversy. These are black character we've ever seen. Like, this is not a controversy. And it's just absurd. And now people are, are going back with the Jimmy Fallon skit from 20 years ago, which, again, was a terrible idea at the time. But I don't know why we're making a controversy now. Well, like, it's any of those things. It's like, you can't, it's already been made. It, just note what was, what it was like. It's, you know, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. I mean. Oh, the the worst was uh, Mickey Rooney. Uh, Representativities. Was he like oh, Mr. So Nakamori? Or it was just, oh my God. And he had awesome. really bad fake teeth. Yeah, it was too, so. And like the glasses. It was like a caricature. It was awful. Oh, yeah. Still a good movie. Yeah, but, but it, it really takes you out of the movie, though. Like, because the, cause the, the movie's not broad comedy. In fact, it's not really comedy. It's kind of a, not even really a funny. And that that was just absurd. I don't know what they were, I mean. Well, I mean, I mean, I could list a whole bunch of things, especially with Asian people, like Long Duck Dong. Like, he's funny. Oh, yeah. It's, it's comic relief, and I think it's great he hooks up with, you know, a white girl, like, good for him, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's not the best portrayal, but, you know, for me, it was just, like, put in any other race, like, it could have been an Indian exchange student, it could have been, you know, a Russian exchange student, you know, but they chose Asian for, you know, and, and, oh, what movie was it, was it the same movie with, um, the Wide World Sports guys? That, were that was Better Off Dead. That was so good. Yeah. See, that yeah, was fine. Were, they were, they were that the was fine, it was hilarious. They, they weren't and, really make. it was, well, again, I have no place. I can't say what is or is not offensive, certainly to any anybody. But but at least with it seemed like with the Better Off Dead, the joke with those guys was that they learned. Well, I guess it's still kind of racist. Yes, it's problematic. But they learned. Yeah, they learned English by watching Howard Cosell. That so that's the only voice they knew how to speak in. So I guess that is still problematic. But it's not Long Duck Dong problematic. It's it's, it's not that bad. I just thought it was hilarious because, like, a lot of people actually learned how to speak English by watching TV. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So if that was the joke they were going for, then that's, I mean, yeah, they could have made them another race or something, but, um, but yeah. I I didn't care growing up. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I would be like, oh, cool, there's, like, an Asian person on there. I mean, the the whole Fisher-Stevens thing really bothered me in, what is it? Close Encounters? Short Circuit. Oh, Short Circuit, yeah. Yeah, that oh. one was, yeah I didn't know for, I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people just felt this way. They didn't know that Fisher Stevens was white for a real long time. Like, yes. You'd see him in something else, you're like, oh my God, that's the same guy? Like, that, that's bad. No, yeah, that was, um, that's a bad one. And there are people that had problems with Ben, uh, ben Kingsley portraying Gandhi, although Ben Kingsley does, isn't, he does have a, I don't know exactly what his ethnicity is, but it's not like, it, it's not Indian. Um, but nothing could compare to Short Circuit. Like, that was, or, hell, Soul Man. I mean, so, some of the 80s things are just laughably raced. Like, you, I mean, I, not laughably. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure people are very insulted by it, but, like, soul, can you imagine making Soul Man now? It's well, absurd. Well, my college would get a little bit more uh, screen time. Was that your college? They used Wheaton College for Harvard because... The, the, you couldn't shoot. Oh, I was like Wesleyan. I already <laughs> forgot where you went again. <laughs> they can, they can't shoot uh, at Harvard unless you went to Harvard. Oh, oh, we know Hugh. They they well well Sam and I were there. They uh, they turned um, UCLA into Harvard for how high the Method Man Red Man class. Oh, maybe that was after us, but they did shoot it at UCLA. Yeah, um, they shot Prozac Nation while I was there. Um, old school. 
one. Old school, but at least they didn't make that Harvard. Like yeah. how high was actually in and yeah, that was supposed to be Harvard. And um, I think wait, where did she, she went to Yale for Gilmore Girls? Huh? Never mind. I take that back. Went to Yale. Yeah, yeah. The, there was a, a a Party of Five episode, I believe, that shot at UCLA. That that uh, that was also supposed to be Harvard. And they tried to make it like winter time. It was like fake snow. It was up around Powell, the library. We had yeah, we had a ton of stuff shot at our. I mean, yeah, it's UCLA. It makes sense. I mean, it's, it's UCLA. It's, like my college, it doesn't. We used to joke we are the Harvard of Massachusetts because all the movies at that time were shot at our at Wheaton, and it's not. It's a good. It's a good school. Don't get me wrong. It's just uh, not Harvard. Wait, so so if the filmmaker or somebody related to the film went to Harvard, it's fine. Because mm-hmm, or... Matt Damon was able to shoot uh, okay. Goodwill Hunting there because he went to Harvard. Uh, was um I don't recall just because I had spent so long since I seen it was with honors with um, Joe Pesci was that actually in Brendan Fraser was that shot at Harvard I don't remember I know it was shot at Harvard Square at parts I haven't seen that movie in forever well oh, I've been great. wanting to watch it because of it's Ben very good because of what because <laughs> of your friend Ben oh yes yes my, uh... he's been growing a beard and he's been posting like celebrity lookalikes with his beard and Joe and I like to Nate about like dude he totally looks like Joe Pesci from With Honors yeah, yeah, but he's, he's been funny. doing like Castaway and a whole bunch of other ones that are hilarious he would uh, yes he's, <laughs> um, I don't know he used to listen to the podcast I don't know if he still does but uh, Ben Hockman he's a uh, one of my best friends growing up who I've pr- talked about many times on this podcast his um, his yes he's he's letting it go for, during quarantine much like Hugh is if you know people have seen photos of Hugh but um, but Ben and Ben is always yeah he's um He's really his look is evolving, and he keeps taking pictures as he's evolving. And he's getting very close to with honors Joe Pesci, which I don't like. You know, if anybody remembers that movie, but it's a look. It's definitely a look. It, it, it's a look. It's called Hobo Chic. I think is uh, what we like to call it. Uh, yeah, hobo, that works. That works. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really know. I, no, actually, I did know that because you've mentioned that about Harvard before. But that, but you taught me that. I had no. I was not familiar. Oh no, it's just one of those weird but, things. But the thing about UCLA that's so strange in that they tried – UCLA and USC are both very similar in that they they don't look like other schools. Like it's, I, I get why they shoot at them because it's probably fairly easy to shoot at them because they, you don't, you're not disrupting the student body because it's so big. But like UCLA looks nothing like any school on the East Coast. The brickwork and everything very much looks like UCLA, and, U, and USC is the same way. Like, I mean, maybe, you know – we have the benefit of going there, so knowing that. But like, I can't. I know immediately when either of those schools are used for anything. Well, yeah, like, but you have to think that how many people, like in the nation, there's not many people who would know the difference. No, well, no, not specifically that. I mean, I guess you. But Harvard. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, most people just kind of have an idea about like Harvard and Yale because they're so old, right? And UCLA's buildings just don't look old. No. No, they don't. The one, the the one that get, get used to that gets all the play in Los Angeles is, um, um, oh God, what's the one out in, in um, Eagle Rock? Um, starts with an O. Occidental. 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 Yes, because that that is a college that is very small, so it gets used as high schools a lot. It was West Beverly on Beverly Hills, not to an O. Oh. It was, um, it was the, it was the school in Clueless. Right. It just looks like a high school, well, so it's easy to shoot and make it look like a high school. What was the college? That was used in Beverly Hills when they went to college. Oh, what did they? Didn't they call it something like? They did the same thing that um, Fresh Prince did, where they cha- they tweaked the names slightly. <laughs> ULA. 
Yeah, like yeah, no. On, on Fresh Prince, it was ULA and SCU were the two rivals. They because they I guess they couldn't use USC and UCLA, so they just tweaked them a little bit. I feel like on I feel like on nine two zero didn't they just call it like no they couldn't call it Cal. Saved by the Bell called it Cal, but it wasn't Berkeley. It was just like California University. Um, though on Saved by the Bell, the college years they did say they were up in the Bay Area, but it wasn't Berkeley. Right. Huh. Yeah, things you learned. that they graduated Beverly Hills High and went to uh, West Bev and then went to California University. Yeah, I thought it was something super generic, but it was still supposed to be in the LA area, right? Because they were still around their homes. Um, but I think it says Occidental was used for um, Cal U. Maybe oh, I don't it? know. Oh, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's uh, LM. It doesn't LMU gets used a lot too, don't they? Or am I wrong about that? I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, they do. I'm sure. They, they just shot an episode of Westworld in, uh, at LMU. Oh, yeah? Which is really cool. Like, the interior shots of one of the buildings there. Um, it says that Torrance High was shot for the high school. Oh, okay. And then Occidental was shot for the university, California University. Oh, okay. I, so I got those backwards. I, I do know that Clueless was. That was Clueless's school, though. Yes, it was. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I... I yeah. Look at us not doing our movie review with doing movie reviews on locations of movies. Oh, okay. Dude, well, it's, no. it's amazing. Like, uh, living in L.A. for so long, like, I just recognize everything. Like, there was an episode of, like, New Girl or something like that. I'm just like, that's that's my old apartment building, like, the outside exterior. And it was because I texted my friend Lisa because I lived with her at the time when we lived there. And I'm like, rent complex? And she's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's so strange. The, I, I, I'm the same way with uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like they, because they shoot in Westwood like constantly. Oh, it's like uh, he's—they're always walking down Broxton, which is kind of a middle street in Westwood, and then like his coffee shop, like the whole last season with co- uh, I think it was, I don't know if you guys watch Curb, but this whole last season, Java Joe was this coffee shop he went to almost every episode. It's a coffee shop on Westwood, down by the West Side Pavilion. Like I just recognize the streets immediately. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean like I, I walk around here and I'm like, Oh, here's the movie reference for that. Like I did a little bit of that with my Instagram for a second where I was just like, Oh, this is where this was shot. Yeah. It's a fun, I mean, especially if you like movies, that's a fun thing. Like I, I would, anytime I would have fr- um, friends or family visit, like, especially if it was their first time right? or uh, in LA, I would love taking them to, not, you know, to, to the scenic stuff for sure. But like, like I, uh, my cousin Bree who listens, uh, Bree and Hank who, who listened to the podcast, they, um, Bree is a diehard uh, horror movie fan. So oh. when they came to, they came to visit, this was must have been ten years ago. I drove them past um, the Nightmare on Elm Street house, right? And which which I and I didn't even tell her. I pulled up and said, "Do you recognize the house?" And her her immediate thought was, "That looks like the Nightmare on Elm Street house." I'm like, "It is." And then she got really excited because like stuff like that's cool. And if you, you know, it's if you'd gone just up the street, there were two houses that were used in the original Halloween. Halloween, yeah, but yeah, two different houses on the same street that were used. Yeah, exactly. So like stuff like that's c- kind of cool, like being in the area. So for you, yeah, ha- I haven't watched the last Curb season. I'm, I'm really behind. But another plug for Insecure. I love that show. They they tape in my neighborhood. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot, most people don't go to Inglewood or Baldwin Hills ever, but um, it's really cool. They they were in Pans, which is like a diner on the corner of Los Angeles. Oh yeah. In, in La, La Sierra, La Tierra, I know yeah. that. Yeah, and it's like old, like nineteen fifties diner with like red, like leather, like booths, and it has like rocks on the wall. You know, I don't know what that style is, but like 
It's like yeah, you yeah. Know. it's like the, it almost looks like a Flintstones. Like, yeah, or the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch house. Looks Brady like. Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's really cool, and I think that they filmed uh, Pulp Fiction. The diner scene was in one of their other franchises. I, I believe somewhere else in LA. Yeah, in the ba- it, it, it was down a, on um uh it's down on Fairfax and no the one in Fa- the one on um, Fairfax and Wilshire is Wilshire. Uh, a, a, is a is, is a location diner that they use a lot. I thought the, um, the 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 one on that one I, I wish I could remember the name. It's 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 not it's 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 like Joe's or it's something. That one on Wilshire and Fairfax is the one they use in American History X. Right, right, and, right, and, right. And Triple X, the Vin Diesel movie. Yes. The oh, Johnny's. That was Johnny's. 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 That's okay. it, Johnny's. It's yes. no longer and it's, there. And it's by the they way. tore it down. Well, it, it's boarded up. I think because like the metro oh. station's gonna be there. I think so. Oh, I don't know if I, they like tore it down, but like it's it's. There's um. I'll have what to do, do a drive by before next episode. Yeah, it is, and it's it's for you know people who don't know L.A. It is a it, it was a coffee shop that they basically whoever once it closes a coffee shop somebody decided to buy it and just be like you know what they shoot a lot of things in coffee shops why don't we just you know have it be a permanent shooting location so any any time somebody needs a coffee shop or diner we can use it. I think they most recently used, and I do get them confused because there is the one in the Valley. I believe it's on Ventura or it's on Van Nuys. That's the one from Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. I know and, the one uh, you're talking and, about. And that's, that is a working actual diner just like yeah. Hans is, but they, they shoot in it a lot. Yeah. Um, I've been, I've been by that one a couple of times, but haven't they, been in. Got to check it out. The, the, um, yeah, the, the one from the, the, this one in the Valley, whatever, whatever the name is, uh, the one where they used Pulp Fiction, they also shot, um, Can't Hardly Wait there. Right. Like oh. there were several, there were several coffee shop scenes in Can't Hardly Wait that right. were also shot there. Oh, back in the days <laughs> of the coffee shop being the thing to be at. Play, place to go. Did you guys have something like in high school, like, yep. like some version of the Max or the Peach Pit were like, that's where like kids went, you know, on a Friday, you know, after partying or they, or where they went after school. Like I didn't have anything like that. That oh, was that specific. Well, we what we had was less specific. It was a uh, steak and shake, which uh, oh well, we, that's you know, great. Steak, that's steak good. And, oh no, no, it is. And steak and shake, I fan, I love it. They 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 found their way west. There's one fair. Well, there's the there's a couple in L.A., but they're not like sit down like steak and shake should be. They're like order at the counter ones. The closest sit down one is in Victorville, but like you know, that has a, a kind of a fifties. Yeah, that has that kind of vibe to it. You know, it's supposed to have the fifties diner feel to it. Um, so we had a steak and shake that everybody would go to. Like if you went to parties on the weekend, you'd end up cause steak and shake was twenty four hours. You'd go there afterwards, but it wasn't. But it wasn't something like you know, small and you know, mom and pop like the Max or the Peach Pit. Right. Like, like I didn't have anything like that. I think there probably was in, like, the public school that I, like, once again, I went to a private school when we moved to California because my parents didn't want me to go to a high school that was 3,000 kids. So I went one that was, like, an hour away from my house with traffic. And so we had a taco place that we would go to, but no one lived in the town that the school was in. We had one friend who lived in the neighborhood. All of us were somewhere else. So we oh, commuted. Oh, that's so sad. So, well, we, you know, we, we, we had a coffee shop that a lot of kids would go to. That was in PB, Pacific Beach, for the people that aren't in San Diego, that uh, um, called Zanzibar. And that's when coffee Ooh, shops were a, a thing. And it was like the cool place to hang out because you had like college kids and, you know, it was just a mix of weirdness, to say the least. Like, like surprisingly. My, uh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, surprisingly, but I still had a whole bunch of places. For, I mean, everyone thinks it's a small town. It actually really isn't. I mean, it's Central Valley. So there's about like, 
250,000 people there at the time when I was growing up. So it's pretty sizable. We had five high schools. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, but we had Mel's Diner because, you know, American oh, yeah. Graffiti. Yep. Uh, the. It's like a really touchy subject because George Lucas hates Modesto because we wouldn't let him film American Graffiti there. So he, like, pretty much, like, doesn't give us any money. He doesn't do anything for the city. He gives all of his money to Marin County, which is where he lives now. Um, uh, and they need the money. They I need g- the money. Yeah, they need all the money because, you know, Marin County is so poor. It is. Um, we have decent benefactors because we have Ernest and Julio Gallo. So, I mean, we're, we're good, but it's just he doesn't make any appearances. I think we have a statue of him somewhere in, like, the town square and... Like, it's just sad because he just abandoned us, which I get. I mean, sure, you can hold a grudge, I suppose, but whatever. It is what it is. But we used to always go to Mel's, which was awesome. And then um, when I was younger, like in junior high, we would go to, like, Nick's Arcade, which is, like, a local, like, arcade place. And you know that how popular arcades were back then in sure. the 90s. It was so much fun. And the girls would just hang hang back and, like, pretend to be cool and watch the guys play because we're dumb. We, okay, well, we had, <laughs> we had, yeah. We had that. We had um, a bowling alley, the Tropicana, that everybody called the Trop, that um, that's in the area, and it, it had an arcade and pool tables, just like every bowling alley. But like kids would go there to hang out, but not to bowl. Like nobody bowled; they just went to the arcade, and 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 you could right. smoke in there, and they played pool. So I guess that is the closest equivalent to to art to having that. So I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, but um, I mean, we had a lot of cafes too, like uh, you mentioned. We we didn't get a Starbucks until really late. So we had, like, a lot of mom-and-pop cafes that were really, like, you know, all the college kids. Because Modesto Junior College was actually a really big JC there. And so there was a lot of college kids, and we would hang out there. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I I feel like there was enough for us to do. But most big parties were on a farm (laughs) or in a barn. Oh, we we had farm parties, too, Sam, because every every kid in my high school that had a farm – like, you know, they didn't, a lot, most of them would not like live on the farm. They would have, their families would have the farm that, you know, that they would go to on the weekend or something like, right. you know, because like that would be a commute to our, like, I lived in the suburbs, not necessarily, farmland was like an hour away, but they would have families, you know, their family would own a farm and they'd throw tons of parties out there. Yeah. But like after football games, we would go to Mel's or go to a barn or popular and IHOP. I mean. We didn't really have like a peach pit, unfortunately. But Mel's, I felt, was really kind of our thing for a while. I love Mel's. I miss Mel's. There's is it is the one on Sunset still there? Yes, I, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's still going. And uh, there's the one in Hollywood as well. There's also oh, nice. there's also the oh one, yeah there's one in Sherman Oaks too. On um. Well, good for them. Yeah, I haven't been to the mills in a while. Yeah, also, could, also haven't been I, you know, drinking, I, so yeah, probably the reason why. Yeah, I went to a where before I left town back in November. I went to the mills because I was dog sitting in the valley, and I went to the one in the valley that's right there in Ventura, just because I hadn't been to one forever. It it didn't hold up as well as I remembered it, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, okay. I God, it's been like two years, maybe three years. I went there after a Hollow Notes concert, <laughs> the Hollywood Bowl. Nice, she did. Um, I was really sad because, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, so yesterday was supposed to be the Steely Dan concert, and I had a reminder pop up on my phone yesterday for the concert, and it made me really sad. Oh. I was just thinking of you, Sam, I was listening to the 80s channel on, on, the, on the Sirius Radio, and Steve Winwood came on. Did oh, you yeah. Some... He's opening. Yeah, That's he's what opening. I thought. I was like, 
my first thought is it was Higher Love, which is an amazing song. Um, isn't, that, isn't it called Higher Love? Yes, yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, somebody bastardized it recently, too. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it bastardized, just redid it. Well, I love Whitney Houston. Don't get me wrong. And then Steve Winwood, and uh, the mix is different, but like, come on. I'm sorry. What about, um, I didn't, not to go off the Steve Winwood thing, and like when uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony did uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. I, I've oh, never yeah. heard that version. Is it amazing or is it bad? What's well, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Sam? So, of course, it's amazing. Well, I love Bone Thugs. So, they're great. Too. After the, after the Every show. Every time it's the first of the month, I literally I listen, I look at my calendar when it's the first of the month and I sing that song in my head every month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Bone Thugs. Pride of Cincinnati. San, um, our, our, our good friend Annie is very, very proud. They're like the uh, one of the more famous uh, people to come out of Cincinnati. We used to say the same thing about Blues Traveler back in my day in Jersey. Oh, good to know. I didn't know that. So. Ah. Uh, Bob, good old blues traveler. John Popper. Yeah, besides, besides the, the actors, Timothy Oliphant and Jeremy Renner, and a lot of the murders and stuff that happened in Modesto, um, we don't really have that much music. I mean, Granddaddy, which is a very small band, but a lot of people... Oh, I've heard, I know them. I yeah, know them. They're from Modesto, but we don't really have that many musical acts, unfortunately. Yeah. San Diego has... Uh, we got Blink-182 in San Diego. St. Louis, St. Louis has a ton. Yeah, you do. Yeah, like, A lot of music uh, coming out of there. Maybe you've heard of Cheryl well, Crow. Your style's, not your style. Um, uh, no, no. I'd say um, Tina and Turner, Tina Turner, Chuck Berry. Yeah, Cheryl Crow. We've had some good ones. Um, yeah. But John Hamm, though. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I was gonna bring him up actually because I don't, I don't even like Curb, Sam. I only watched last season of Curb because my dad really likes it. I was just sitting oh, in the same room. I can't, I can't. It's like I, I call it's it too, cringe it's too TV. Awkward. No, yeah, it's same, too I feel the same way. And I, I thought some some Seinfeld episodes were too cringy, and he it, like Larry, like Curb is just Seinfeld on steroids, and I I feel the same way. But this season in particular, uh, John Hamm plays himself. And he is hysterical. That's the best. Well, no, the be- the thing is, is the reason John Hamm's playing himself is because a movie is going to be made about Larry David, and John Hamm has been cast to play Larry David. So how? The, so, that's the joke. That's the joke. Is that? Um, and then so most of the season is John Hamm following Larry David around, like taking notes about how to be Larry David. But he's John Hamm. It's it's just so absurd. It's funny. <laughs> did that that's amazing i'm sure larry david thought it was hysterical to play well you know it's the same thing with um with uh the i'd love with fauci dr fauci when he jokingly said who would play him like if if he were to be you know made fun of on snl when when the when the the pandemic was first starting and fauci was everywhere when he jokingly said i'd have i'd love to have brad pitt play me and then brad pitt did play him on snl because that was just like a funny joke because of course anybody wants brad pitt to play them of course that's so funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I it's did, like a it's like whenever people try to impersonate Woody Allen in his films, you know, they're obviously don't they don't look like Woody Allen, yeah. but they sound like him. Yeah. And I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I mean he's been cancelled too, right? So uh, Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think he has really. Well Not, he, he people has have cancelled. He, he has his diehard like like all the it's a shocking number of actresses that were it worked with them several times that did constantly defend him. I like Scarlett Johansson is very pro defending him at all times. Natalie Portman, I believe, has defended him pretty. Um, and she, Natalie Portman, was only in the one, 
like oh um, way back when, but I think she support. I could be wrong. I don't want. I don't want to throw Natalie Portman under the bus. But Scarlett Johansson has absolutely been supporting him. Yeah, I just know enough people who still defend him, and it's like, uh, which is funny. Um, there's another location I, I realized that the uh, the Trucadero on Sunset is a location from Annie Hall. It, like oh, there's yeah. a pizza joint. Yeah, in oh, Annie yeah. Hall. That's oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. That was so good though. Yeah. yeah, he had a yeah he had a run which, you know that uh, it's some like I I've not I was I didn't have a problem with Woody Allen being canceled necessarily because I don't love his movies of the last thirty years but his seventies movies were so good yeah. like he had he had a solid run in the seventies like Sleeper I don't know if anybody's seen Sleeper I have actually you seen made Sleeper watch it in college Nate <laughs> you made me watch do... most of Woody Allen films and and, and the thing is. Josh is a huge Woody Allen fan, but you're like forced me to watch all of his like early stuff. Well, that's I, I feel like coming back to my good friend Ben Hockman, he did that to me, so I did it to you. You're welcome. I actually have to go back for, for anybody that is not familiar with Sleeper, and I don't know if you want to see it because Woody Allen's been canceled. But it was a movie based in the future. It's basically about a guy from the '70s who 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 volunteers to be frozen like put in cryostasis and they leave him in for too long and he gets thawed out like 50 years in the future. And I think it's, we got to be coming up on when that future is supposed to be. And I'd like to go back and watch it to see just how absurd they thought <laughs> now would be in the seven. Cause we've seen that so often, like some movies better than others were fairly accurate. Like, you know, like we've talked about, like Hugh and I've talked about demolition man is shockingly accurate. Um, other, there are a few other ones too, yeah. but then some of them were just obviously so over the top that it just made no sense. Well, I mean, Back to the Future, right? Back to the Future got a lot of things close, right? The Cubs, yeah, the Cubs make the World the Cubs, Series. The Cubs, they got that. I really right. want a hoverboard, though. Like that's one of the things that I, I really wanted to happen. Um, it has happened actually. In, in theory, a, in, in theory, th- there's a magnetized theory. board that uh, people were using. Oh, I thought you were. Yeah, the well, and you know the flying cars thing. People people constantly go back to almost because every futuristic movie has flying cars, like from the past. But um, well, the reason that we'll never have flying cars, or at least not anytime soon, was sadly nine eleven. Like we're not going to have flying cars because that turns any that would basically people on at nine eleven realize that a, a plane or something flying could be used as a weapon. So yeah, now, but I mean, logistically, like, if there was an accident in, in the sky, like, it's going to all fall down below. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It seems, well, not, I don't know if it necessarily be safe for traffic. And because, you know, the, that was the weird, like, you know, the, in, in the movie, they showed them being in a traffic jam in the sky, which just obviously looked hysterical. But it seems like it'd be easier to avoid accidents um, when you're in a flying car, as opposed to being in a car on the ground, yeah. since you can well, fly, uh, you can right. go up up and down, as opposed to. Uh, also, let's just you know, take a thought here for a second and realize how bad people are driving in general yeah it has to be automated it has to it has to be like driverless because people are texting and on the phone and doing all this other stuff while they're in on the ground so but, when you're in the air like if, if if a robot was to do it and everything was kind of figured out on a grid system or something i'd be fine with it but the problem is each city you know we have their zoning parts for like high-rise buildings and stuff so downtown obviously has taller buildings. Certain parts of LA has like lower buildings. They added a new building near me on La Cienega that's like 30 stories and it looks so strange there because there's oh, nothing yeah. else. There's nothing else there. So it's like, how do you, do you have to fly super high up yeah. to get to your house? 
That's, that's true. It's very, now, very complicated. Now that I think about it, the cars in Sleeper that, that were all self-driving cars that sort of followed, like, like they are... The, it, I have to go back and look at it now because, like, the self-driving cars from Sleeper, which is made in like 1975, look a lot like those the automated cars now. The like Tesla the, ones, the, like the Tesla ones, and the the ones that Uber was trying out, they look exactly like them. Hmm. Or, or to to a certain extent, Johnny Cab from Total Recall. Oh, Tony Crawl. Yeah, that looks like my Prius. Why? Well, therefore, yeah. the nickname Johnny Cab. And the, the electric motor actually has a similar sound to the Johnny Cab engine in. The original Total Recall, because there was a remake. There was no Johnny Cab. Very disappointing. Yeah, we don't, we don't we don't talk. It, there was only one Total Recall. Well, it did have the three boobed lady in the second one. Did it? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's a that's a fun not like uh, you know little a little a little bit of something, but otherwise yeah. it was not um, nearly as good as the original. Lack of Arnold, I guess maybe. That'll do it, and and Michael Ironside. Yeah. He's a classic. Ah, uh, Starship Troopers, one of his best roles. Well, two two um, Paul Verhoeven movies, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Total Recall too. Yeah. Um, so are, are we? I know we've waited like fifty some odd minutes. Are we not getting to Toy Soldiers? Um, uh, we can get to Toy Soldiers if you feel like leading the charge on that one. I can give you I, good five good minutes on Toy Soldiers, which I, I did not did not it. watch. Well, <laughs> uh, we, we, well, we brought we threw out. Well, the funny thing is that we threw out last week watching it. For the sole reason because he was talking about his school Wheaton, and then he started talking about Will Wheaton, yes. and then somehow that turned into Toy Soldiers. And then we none of us looked into the fact that Toy Soldiers is not on any streaming platform. No, because it's not here. Because here's the thing with Toy Soldiers, and uh, just give me a minute. Okay, it, go for um, it. it for for anybody that's not seen it, um, it is basically it is Die Hard meets Red Dawn meets with a little soups on pinch of air force one but not good like all those are amazing <laughs> movies it's not good you don't mix like, them all together and it doesn't always work kind of thing the pl- and, and you'll, you'll if i give you the plot you can see where i'm like where the, the little bit of each of those comes in basically Which die hard are you talking about by the way the first one first okay one. Although a little bit of the second one. It, it, that's what I was going to say. It's a little bit Die Hard yeah, 2 in yeah, there. Yeah, cause, and that's where I got into, that's what, where the Air Force One came in, too. Uh... It, it's basically, basically, the plot of the movie is a Colombian drug lord, or Colombian terrorist whose father is a drug lord. His, his father, the father, the drug lord, is uh, extradited to the U.S., is arrested and extradited to the U.S. So his son, the terrorist, finds out that the judge, the judge presiding over his father's case in the U.S., has a son that goes to this elite boarding school um, that I think it's called Regis or something. So this the son, the terrorist, decides to take the entire boarding school hostage so that his dad will be released. So that's yeah. So basically, and then then so he takes this school hostage, and basically the students at the school have to fight back. So that's where the Red Dawn comes in. Right. And the 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 it's basically it's a boarding school for for kids whose parents are all very important people like judges, senators and things, but all the kids are screw ups. They're all like kids that probably got kicked out of other schools. Like it's an all boys school, but basically the plot of the movie is them fighting back against the terrorists to reclaim their school. But where the movie goes off the rails and just where it loses all credibility is the cast of the movie. The, the ragtag group group of students who fight back against these terrorists are the most laughably miscast people of 
you know, just laughably miscast. Like the lead character, um, Billy Tepper, is supposed to be this rebellious bad boy who's been kicked out of three different boarding schools, and he leads the fight against the terrorists. And he's played by Sean Astin. And Sean Astin playing a bad boy is laughable. And this was this was pre-Rudy and pre-Lord of the Rings, Sean Astin. This movie came out in 1991. But it was post-Goonies, Sean Astin. So anybody buying him as like a bad boy who would be kicked out of boarding schools is absurd. He was testing his acting chops. Yeah, and then and then Will Wheaton comes in because Will Wheaton plays Joey Trotta. His his dad is a mafia boss, and so he was sent to boarding school. And um, his dad, who the mafia boss in the movie, played by Jerry Orbach, uh, famously of Law and Order and uh, Dirty Dancing fame. But um, so Will Wheaton has to play a rebellious teen. And anybody who's seen Will Wheaton's like the all American kid. He was like in Stand by Me, and he was Wesley Crusher on Star Trek: The Next Generation. He's not a bad boy. Like, it's, it's laughable. And then the third bad boy is, um, uh, like, their other friend is uh, Keith Coogan, who's not maybe necessarily recognized by name, although Hugh and I were talking about him a few weeks ago. He is famously, uh, he was Brad in Adventures in Babysitting, the nerdy kid. Uh, and he was also um, Kenny and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Well, which... isn't, that, isn't he the one in Star Trek and did the whole uh, allegations against uh, What's-His-Face? Which one? Am I thinking of the wrong one? Uh, Brian, uh, the director, the gay director. Singer? Brian S- Singer. Singer. Who? Wh- which one? Wait, the guy that you're talking about, isn't he the one that like started the whole thing against Brian no. Singer? No, 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 no. Keith Coogan's um, older. Uh, oh. I, I can't think of who you're thinking of, but it's, that's not him. No, Keith Coogan was like, you know, Brad the Kid in, in Adventures in Babysitting. So he, oh, I'm thinking of the friend, the next door neighbor friend. Yes, oh, you're thinking of Anthony Rapp. Yes, Anthony Rapp. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and Keith Coogan uh, he, in 1991, he played. He did both "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead" and "Toy Soldier." So he had a he had a hell of a 1991. Um, but yeah, so like the movie, so. So Toy Soldiers is just laughable. Um, and sadly, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it, but Will Wheaton dies. So, no. that, yeah, so that's that he, he, you know, he was the Avenge, and he was the Avenge Me guy. And basically, you know, in, in obviously Red Dawn, Avenge Me was the dad, but basically the, the plot of Toy Soldiers is driven by Will Wheaton's character dying, so they have to avenge his death. Huh. Now, the one other thing that would have made uh, um, Corey Feldman was supposed to be in it. He was supposed to play the fourth friend, but for whatever reason, he wasn't. Um, that could have made it a better movie. Mm, I doubt it. You want you want to throw Probably. even more credibility out out of the window? Well, it could have been a fun reunion because it would have been him and Will Wheaton reunited from Stand By, By Me, and, and him and um, Sean Astin from Goonies. Uh, Sean Astin, exactly. So that uh, could have been fun. But I, have Cor- I have a special place in my heart. For- Boris. Well, 1991, you gotta, we got to remember, 1980s Corey Feldman was a titan of the industry. 1990s Corey Feldman was on the downswing. Yeah. So I don't know what happened with him not making the movie, but it's entirely possible they didn't want him in the movie. That makes sense, in a way. Seeing yeah, that if the, it... Corys, the, the, the Corys went through a... Well, they're still... Well, both of them, because rest in peace, Haim. But Feldman has kind of been on a downswing ever since. He's had a few bumps up yeah. over the last 20 some odd years but obviously he never regained the 80s no and he, he won't it's just uh, no of course not he was he was how could he i mean the burbs were one were probably my favorite character of his oh absolutely oh, that's such a good movie 
you know. Bur- oh, fantastic! That'll be next week. Next you, week we'll discuss the burbs. Because if you if you watch that one and you look at him, it's like the basis of what reality TV is. His character is like pointing out like people want to watch this, just normal like <laughs> people's lives. Because and he's like, there's nothing better than this on TV. So I believe that's where it all started or stemmed from. Is that character? Which I can't remember yeah. the name because I haven't done any research on the Burbs yet. But um, fantastic movie. Oh, I, I well, I wish I could remember because I, I, I was back several months ago when I was sending you random top five lists for no reason at all. I, uh, I had the Burbs on my top five Corey Feldman roles, and I think it was number one or two because you're absolutely right. It's, it's fantastic. He was Ricky Butler. And Rick, yeah, Ricky, 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 and I, and obviously, I think it goes without saying, a top five Tom Hanks role. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what happened to his the, the friend Ray that was like Tom Hanks' best friend. I don't recall seeing him in much after that, but he was like he was amazing. Rick, the common. I, I don't know. He was in Groundhog's Day, Spaceballs. Oh yeah, he was in Spaceballs. He was the he was one of the 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 whatever one of Dark Helmet's soldiers. He hasn't worked since two thousand four. Oh, that's a shit. He's alive, right? He's still with us. Uh. Ugh. That's a good question. Uh, he is not. Never, you, oh, okay. That's passed away in 2015. Rest in peace. Because uh, there was something I just saw. He was in. Um, he was in Harvard Man. Harvard Man. Speaking of Harvard. Oh, was that the one with um, Adrian Grenier? Yes, it was. I remember that. Wow, one. How do you? How do you remember? The... Yeah, it was. Wasn't Adrian Grenier? Was Joy Lauren Adams in it? Um, uh, Sarah Michelle. Yep. Oh. And yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. How? Was, How? It was a. Uh, it was Adrian Grenier pre Entourage. I actually liked him pre Entourage. Dude, drive him. me crazy. I'm sorry. Drive me crazy. Obviously. Yeah. Drive me crazy. Yeah, I think that was his follow up to Drive Me Crazy because they were like, let's try to make this dude a star, and and he they he it didn't really take until Entourage, when and he still never really became a huge star of, of all the people in Entourage. He actually has had a a lesser career, although he kind of got it out of acting and into like um, environmental activism, but still. I'm, 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 I'm amazed by your knowledge of really odd be offbeat early aughts movies, but. Oh, well, you, you're, you should hear Sam's. We have the same knowledge. It's, yeah, it, it's scary. You guys. And, I um, mean, I mean, like, it's very similar. I feel like I watch a lot more indie films than Nate did, but you watch would you watch higher quality films? Like yeah. Um like Kevin our, our our good friend Kevin was the same way. He'd always he's a he loves movies, loves love you know films whatever. Uh but would always make fun of me for my taste. Your your Sam your your sensibilities are closer to mine. Kevin's are not. Kevin to this day makes fun of the fact that I own the 13 going on 30 fun and flirty edition DVD. As everyone should date. As Dude, everyone don't, should. don't tell me he didn't watch O. I mean, let's be honest. He's watched all of them, though. What was that, sir? His films. Oh, he watches them. He just uh, he just won't say he own, he doesn't own them, but he, he won't admit that he watches them. See, I have no shame. <laughs> I have, I've, on the, any listener of this podcast knows, I have no shame at all. And I will tell you that I own the Lizzie McGuire DVD. I own every single um, Amanda Bynes Amanda movie. movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't care. On only the, only God can judge me. <laughs> and on that on that oh, note, geez. on that note, we're gonna call it a day because then that that is the the peak of what this show is. <laughs> I think. Oh, um, one last show recommendation. Go for I'm it. Re-wa- rewatching Secession on HBO. It's oh. fantastic. Ah. Is that 
um, still is is that is that taking a break or is that one of those shows where they're just? Um, I mean, they they should be filming the third season soon, but they probably haven't even. Well, I didn't started. know if it was one of those. Is, is that HBO or Showtime? That's HBO. HBO. And that's not going it, anywhere. HBO, HBO, some like I didn't know if they were between seasons where they hadn't been able to shoot a new one, or if it's one of those ones that HBO sits on and lets you have to wait a year, like they would do with Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones was by accident. Well, I mean, Game of Thrones is. I mean, it just takes forever to do. Well, an yeah, but doesn't? But HBO still sits on things because they don't, you know, they don't necessarily air them in a. Well, no, HBO does do that. They they alternate their shows. They'll be like, when Curb season ends, one of their other like Westworld will start. When Westworld ends, something else. The is next there one to go, will start. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know. You know, but like some some of the networks sometimes hold things back because they they know they will need programming in the future and they want to make you wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get as a viewer, it's frustrating. Like FX would do that. FX of a creative like they'll just tell um donald glover and uh, unfortunately louis ck you know who's also been canceled uh like do whatever you want take however long you want this is the whole what happened to Chappelle? like you 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 pressure people to be creative and then they freak out and so fx was just like you are the creative person that basically is doing the show however long you want to take donald glover take as long as you want so that's what that's what they do with Larry David. Larry, yeah. After every season, Larry David's like, "I'm done," and HBO always just tells them, "You know what? If you want to take five years, we'll take yeah. it. We'll take it after five years. Just do whatever you want." Yeah, smart. I think HBO used to be a little bit more like strict about timelines, but uh, they're getting a lot better, especially after Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. we'll debate whether they're better about that, but <laughs> that's, that's when is real is, is real sex still on? When's that coming back? Oh, wow, there's a, there's, there's an offshoot reference. But is it, is it, God, I, I forgot about that. Show. Oh, is it, there, oh, there you go. Any, anybody of our age, you. Oh yeah, taxi cab confessions and that. Yeah. Oh, real sex. Taxi cab confessions. Yeah. There was some weird shit. And the bunny ranch. The bunny ranch. Bunny ranch. What wasn't there? Was it G String Divas? Wasn't that one of them? Yes. That was another one. Yep. Or was that? Yeah. Yep. Did you uh, guys ever watch Silk Stockings on USA? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a Rob, good show. Rob Estes and. Yes. Um, they yeah, tried was, to be provocative. Well, they tried to be like the. I mean, cable. They, they, I mean, they were going for like a Miami Vice vibe. Like they would wear like the pastels and everything. And I had a big crush on that woman. I forgot who the woman was. I, I can't remember she's... offhand because I've, I but put I... the phone down because we're about to end this one. Oh, I thought I thought you ended. No, I haven't because <laughs> I was like, sorry. no, 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 not recording. No, no five because ago. I thought we were just jiving. Oh no, this the, the... the jiving was too good to not keep on air. That's why. Uh, you know how well, it goes. Once we, once we get into Rob Estes territory, I think we, we, we can call it a day. <laughs>